listening to The Worried Writer, helping you to overcome fear, self-doubt and procrastination to get the work done. I'm your host, Sarah Painter, and I'm a novelist and self-confessed worried writer. For show notes, resources and much more, please head to worriedwriter.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome to episode 21 of The Worried Writer. I'm recording this on Monday the 31st of October 2016, and it is a beautiful, bright day here in Scotland. Unfortunately, that means that people are out doing stuff in their gardens, cutting back hedges and trees and so on before the winter, so I do apologise if I don't manage to edit all of that background noise out. Today is a shorter episode as I am buried under a book deadline. Since I didn't have an interview edited and ready to go out, I was going to just miss this month, but then I thought I would give you all a quick personal update instead. I will also give a very quick run-through on the process of making my audiobook with ACX, as I've had quite a few folk express an interest in hearing more about that. But first off, I'm going to talk about the reason I have another deadline, after telling the world that I had finished my latest book. Rewrites. I have an editorial letter with suggestions for a rewrite of the book, and a tight deadline. Actually, the deadline is fine, but when added to some life stuff, I'm a volunteer for my kids' musical theatre group, and their production is in a couple of weeks' time, and a week off for a reason I will get into in a moment, I realised that something was going to have to give. So I've taken a social media break. I'm off Twitter completely, and I haven't been updating my author page on Facebook or my blog. As I said, I did think about cutting the podcast out completely too, but then I thought it would be a good opportunity to give you all an insight into my life as an author, podcaster, and entrepreneur, and how things are and how they feel when things are not going quite as smoothly as I might hope. I don't want to always tell you when things are going perfectly, as I don't think that's honest and I don't think that's helpful. So, rewrites. I've been through this stage many times now, and there are a couple of things I wanted to talk about. You think when you start out, or I thought at least, that you just improve with each book in a sort of neat fashion, and therefore each book needs less rewriting, because of course you know more, and you're more experienced, and you will write cleaner drafts. This might be true for some, and I'm hoping it will prove true once I've written lots more, but at this early stage in my career, it is more a book-by-book thing. In other words, my process when it comes to drafting and rewriting definitely changes from book to book, and I just wanted to say that if you're finding that, I do think that that is okay and normal. So the second thing I wanted to say is that it doesn't mean you're not good at writing. Now, I'm saying this to myself as it's something I really struggle with. Much as I love the freedom and pure creation of a first draft, I spend the entire time battling self-doubt. I just try to keep on going until I've made it to the end, and then I know I've got enough story to make a novel, and then I rewrite it and form it into a proper book shape before anybody else sees it, and then that stage usually makes me feel a wee bit better. But when those first editorial comments come back... Or, in the case of Beneath the Water, the second or third lot of editorial comments come back, it's really hard not to descend into paralysing doubt. I feel stupid, I feel embarrassed, I read the editorial letter and I feel like I've let people down and that I've failed. I mean, I've been very, very lucky to work with an amazing agent and editors, and their comments are always spot on, but that sense that I've failed is still very hard to deal with. I feel quite anxious revealing this, but I'm doing so in the hopes that some of you might find it reassuring. 
I know from speaking to fellow authors that the editorial letter can send the best of us into a tailspin and we have to take several deep breaths and drink wine and eat chocolate and flail until we can tackle the changes. Okay, final point. Assuming you have a good editor who gets your book and that you agree with their suggestions, or most of them at any rate, do remember that this is a wonderful opportunity to make your book better. Rather than thinking that you failed, and again, I'm speaking mostly to myself here, remember that it's just another stage of the process. Also, there are usually one or two places in my draft where I... Well, I, I knew that something wasn't right, but I couldn't work out how to fix it, so I just hoped that I'd got away with it. A good editor catches this stuff every time, and the point I want to make is that you want them to catch it. So, as promised, back to the reason I lost a week of productive time, messing up my schedule and forcing me to drop various balls. <laughs> I fainted and hit my head really hard. It wasn't pleasant and I felt overwhelmingly exhausted for the following week. My head hurt pretty badly for the first few days too and I felt quite peculiar, sort of fuzzy and slow. I really couldn't write or even think straight and it was honestly pretty frightening. On the plus side, it reminded me of how lucky I am because usually I'd feel well and as soon as I felt normal again, I just felt immense gratitude for that. So, this is a public service announcement. If you think you're going to faint, seriously, sit or lie down so that you don't fall backwards and clonk your noggin. Another silver lining is that I can now say that I have truly suffered for my art. I was researching heart disease for my book, and being a super squeamish person, it made me feel a bit odd. Then I stood up too quickly, and just about had time to think, oh dear, I think I stood up too fast, I feel a bit lightheaded before I passed out. Anyway, I'm completely better now. In fact, I better reiterate that in case any of my friends or family are listening. There is nothing to worry about. I'm completely fine. I have always been prone to fainting and I usually catch it in time and lie down. I just didn't manage it this time. So apologies that this is a shorter podcast than usual and apologies also for my neglected blog and Facebook page and Twitter profile. However, Hopefully, I will still hit my book deadline, which, after all, is the most important thing for my career. So, next, on to ACX for audiobooks. Now, I have mentioned Joanna Penn many times on the podcast, and I was delighted to interview her in episode number eight. Cannot discuss this without thanking her once again. It was through her podcast that I first heard about ACX and through her blog posts and her wonderful book, Business for Authors, that I got the courage to pursue it. So here's a quick rundown of what I did. First, I checked that I owned the audio rights to the language of spells. I knew that my agent had negotiated my contract to keep them, but I double-checked the contract. And I also contacted Karina to let them know what I was doing. This isn't necessary, I don't think, but I did it as a professional courtesy. And of course, I had discussed it with my agent as well. Next, I logged onto acx.com. Now, ACX is owned by Audible, which is owned by Amazon, so this is very simple to do. In fact, the whole interface really is very user-friendly. Then you search for your book by title or ISBN, and you claim it as your own. Once you've done this, you can list it as a project. Okay, before you list the project, you need to make a decision about how you are going to fund your project. If you wish to pay upfront, pay for production, then you will hire a narrator and pay them their fee, the agreed fee. 
If, however, you don't want to lay out a lot of money to start with, you can go with a royalty share agreement, which is exactly what I did. ACX will handle all the payments, and what will happen is that 40% of the retail sales are then split equally between the rights holder and the producer. In other words, you get 20% of total retail sales, and your narrator gets 20% of total retail sales. As you could probably work out, if you pay them up front, then you would get the entire 40% of retail sales paid to yourself. Now these two options that I've just discussed, or the figures I have discussed, I should say, relate to if you are willing to sign up to an exclusive distribution with Audible for seven years. If you don't wish to do that, then you will only get 25% of the retail sales royalty. If you go with ACX exclusive distribution to get this 40% royalty rate, then the, your audiobook will be distributed through Audible and Amazon and iTunes via ACX, as well as wherever else Audible chooses. So under the model, Audible has the exclusive right to distribute the audiobook, so you cannot give it away yourself in any other way. So once you've made that decision, you also need to put in information about your book to make it an enticing project for narrators to want to work on. Now this is vital if you're going for the royalty share agreement option, as the narrator needs to be sure that they will get paid for their time. So you need information like book awards or sales figures, fabulous review quotes from famous authors or influential publications, your marketing plans for promoting the audiobook, your own platform with social media, such as the number of Twitter followers you have, and your website and so on. As I was looking for a royalty share deal, I took Joanna Penn's advice and I actually searched for suitable narrators within the ACX system rather than waiting for them to just discover my book on the project's available page. I sent them personal messages, again within the system, to tell them about my book and invite them to audition. You can filter your narrator search by their fee charged, um, whether they're willing to do a royalty split, for example, gender, accent, vocal style and preferred genre, so it's not difficult at all. All the narrators have samples for you to listen to, and I got quite obsessed with searching and listening, looking for the perfect voice and narration style. Once you have found your perfect narrator and agreed with them that you are going to work together, the narrator records the first section, which you then approve. Now this is your last chance to provide feedback on their performance, so use it carefully. I was super lucky here, I think, as my narrator was brilliant, and my feedback was just, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> In all seriousness, note, this is where you need to check that words, um, if there are any names, tricky names in your manuscript, to give a pronunciation guide um, and to discuss any issues you might have before the narrator spends many, many, many hours recording your entire book. So, once that section has been approved, then your narrator will go away and produce the book by the agreed deadline. Then, after a few days for ACX to approve the quality, it goes up for sale on Audible, iTunes and Amazon. As I've said before, I found this process incredibly simple, painless and really quite enjoyable. I should also say that, of course, you do need to upload cover artwork as well that you own. Now, I don't own my artwork for the ebook and paperback of The Language of Spells because they are published by HarperCollins. So I got a new audiobook cover um, designed for me by a wonderful designer called Paper and Sage. There are guidelines on ACX for artwork 
There are many guidelines for choosing a narrator um, and also for marketing the audiobook. ACX also provide you with 25 codes for um, free copies of the audiobook that you can then use in giveaways or to try and garner reviews after your book is on sale. Okay, I hope that's helpful. Um, if you do have any other questions or would like me to go into detail on anything that I have mentioned, please do just get in touch. You can email me, sarah at worriedwriter.com or after about mid-November, find me on Twitter. As this is a short episode, I also thought I would just take the opportunity to recommend another podcast I've been enjoying recently. This one is run by thriller author Mark Dawson and his business partner James Blatch. It's called The Self-Publishing Formula, and each episode is packed with useful information on writing, publishing, and marketing. I'll pop a link in the show notes in case you want to give it a listen. Just before I finish up, I just want to give a quick shout out to some lovely folk on Twitter for their support this month. Tracy Buchanan, at Tracy Buchanan, Alexandra Amor, at Art Connects Us, Ryan, at Ryan Hall 587, and Claire Jennings, at Team Awesome Paws. Also, if you have a question you'd like answered on the show, please email me, sarah at worriedwriter.com. Finally, thanks so much for listening. If you know somebody who might like this podcast, I'd be really grateful if you could let them know and spread the word. See you next time. Thanks for listening today. For show notes and links, head to worriedwriter.com. If you'd like to connect, find me on Twitter at Sarah R. Painter or use the hashtag worriedwriter. See you next time.